This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free and live Uncommon Sense Parenting class. My name is Alana Robinson. I'm a parenting effectiveness coach for parents of toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners, and I help you understand why your children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or using timeouts. I host The Mudroom, which you are listening slash watching, and I host The Parenting Posse, which is my free peer support Facebook group, and I also host Parentability, which is my membership program where I give you personalized one-to-one support in helping you get over those behavior humps. We're going to be talking about believing our children. Over the last few weeks, I have had a few conversations with parents And this is kind of expanding on last week where they have, you know, some variation of he, she can do X, Y, Z under ABC circumstances. But when I tell them to do it, specifically me, (laughs) tell them to do it, they say they can't, they avoid it, they cry, they make up all sorts of excuses about why they can't do this thing that they do all the time. And I know we've talked about this before and about, you know, energy management and skills and all that, but this belief that your child is lying to you, that they're choosing not to do something for you, it's destroying your chances at ever building internal motivation in your child. It's ruining your relationship with your child. And if you keep getting stuck on this you know, they can do it at school, so why won't they do it at home? Or they will do it with grandma, so why won't they do it with me thing? I can't help you. Like, if this is something that you are determined to believe, that you have no interest in letting go of, unfollow me, unsubscribe from my newsletter, leave the parenting posse, because this is that important. If you're going to be here with me, you need to get on board with the whole kids do well if they can thing. And if they aren't doing well, it's because something is preventing them. There is a reason. Our job as parents is to figure out what that something is with their help and then help them solve the problem. Build better skills. Remove that barrier. I need you to make the choice to believe your children radically. Like if they tell you that they can't do something that you believe them and you find out the reason why. If they tell you that something is hard and they don't know how to do it, there's a reason why. If they tell you that they're too tired, believe them. If they tell you that they're scared, believe them. If they tell you that they don't feel safe, believe them. If they tell you that they do feel safe doing something, believe them. If they tell you that they can do something on their own, believe them. Now, where most parents seem to get stuck on this whole radical belief thing is physical ability. And again, I know I'm repeating myself, but everyone just can't seem to get past this. (laughs) It doesn't matter if your child can physically do the thing or not. There are lots of times, even as adults, that we can't or don't want to do things 
that we are physically able to accomplish. And I actually had this happen to me just the other day as an adult, and it blew me away. It's it's the end of the year. <laughs> so it's that time of year where organizations are planning their events and they're booking speakers for the new year. So almost every day for the last couple of months, I've had a new speaker request in my inbox, which is awesome. I'm so excited for all the places I get to speak next year. And so I had one come in and everything looked good, right? Right audience, right people to talk to. They were willing to pay my speaking fee and my travel fees. They had a very specific date that they wanted me to speak on though, that I couldn't make work. So for one, while I enjoy speaking a lot, I find it very fun. I also find it extremely draining. So I only agree to speak a certain number of times a month. After that, I consider myself booked because it's going to cause me too much stress and too much, there's just going to be too much going on. So I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. So after I've been booked that certain number of times a month, I'm booked for the month. I don't have any other speaking availability. And the date that they wanted, while technically free on my calendar, it put me over that threshold for that month. So I replied that I was fully booked. I said, I can't do it. And they replied basically asking me, okay, well, if you're not available, who are you speaking for that day? And I was floored. It instantly put me on the defensive. We don't do this to adults because not... <laughs> Not only was it really unprofessional, you know, it's it's really none of their business if I'm booked with another speaking opportunity or I've got something else, personal or professional, that I'm giving my energy to that day. You know, I it just instantly put me in hyperarousal. But as an adult, I was able to, you know, shut the laptop, let myself calm down, <laughs> reply calmly later. But we don't do this to adults. If someone tells you, if an adult tells you that they're unavailable or tired or, you know, scared of something or otherwise not going to comply with your request for their energy, we believe them. <laughs> but as a child, they tell you that they don't have the resources to do something and your response is, why not? right? I know you can do it. You do it at school or you did it for Nana or you did it for dad. You do it for other people all the time. Why can't you do it now? Why can't you do it for me? Just because your child can do it sometimes does not mean that they can always do it or should always be expected to do it. Our job as parents is to figure out why and why now. Why can't they do it now? That is a valid question. Are they tired? Are they overwhelmed? Are they hyper aroused? Are they overstimulated or understimulated? Are they stressed by something else? Are they trying to preserve their energy for a different demand that they're anticipating coming down the pipe? Are they distracted? Do they not feel safe? Are they afraid that they're going to be reprimanded or ridiculed? Why can you do it for dad and not for me? That is a valid question. But if you're expecting your preschooler to be able to articulate it succinctly, it's probably not going to happen. It's not really likely. But a lot of kids do. <laughs> Some children are very verbal and very self-aware. Yeah, self but it astounds me how often parents actually know exactly what the why is. Their child has told them what the why is. 
but they dismiss it. We'll be talking, like I'll be talking with a client about something that happened in the evening. And I'll suggest that maybe the demand that they're putting on their child or that they put on their child in an instance that we're rehashing was too high for that time of day. And so often they'll say, well, yeah, I mean, I know she was tired. You know, we just had a few huge family gathering. I'm putting my words together. I'm tired tonight. <laughs> we just had a huge family gathering. She ate a ton of sugar. She spent a lot of time running around with her cousins. So yeah, she was zonked, but she should still be able to do it because she can do it at other times. It is not a reasonable expectation for a young child, we're talking between two and six years old, to be able to just power through their exhaustion and be able to complete a task with the exact same proficiency as they would at 7 a.m. on a Saturday after a good night's rest, right? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Rest is like, is the most base need out there. Same with sickness. You know, yeah, I know she was feeling ill, but okay, if your child is sick, that is a valid reason for not being able to do something. That's not something to dismiss as unimportant. Our children are young, but they are not stupid. They know exactly what they can and cannot do. So, you know, same goes if your child can do this at school, but not at home. We just talked about this last week. Kids or one, they're usually exhausted after a day at school. And two, they prioritize their energy for public spaces where failure can actually cause them danger. So they're out of juice when they get home. Or they're still giving all their energy to something else. And they haven't shifted their attention to this new thing. Or, you know, this particular person, and I'll use my mom as an example, because my mom is my boy's safe space. My mom doesn't have to worry about where the money to feed them is going to come from. She doesn't have to worry about, you know, if they're eating their veggies. She doesn't have to work. She, like, my mom gets to be the paradigm of calm because she doesn't have all this stuff going on <laughs> that I do. So it would be incredibly unfair for, you know, me to say, you know, with Nana, you can do this because Nana makes you feel incredibly safe. She's very calming, she's very supportive. So why can't you generalize that to me in all my harried, <laughs> busy state? Like, that's just not a reasonable expectation to have of them. When I calm down, usually I can see my boys start to be able to do things that they'll do for my mom with no problem. And they do eventually generalize to me. But to be like, oh yeah, you can, my son, my youngest son just potty trained. Who potty trained him? Not me in the end, it was my mom. And it's because I was trying to potty train him and I was trying to work at the same time and I was trying to, you know, go on field trips with my older son and I was trying to keep my house clean. I had a ton of stuff going on. He went to Nana for just a couple of days and Nana's had a full night's rest. <laughs> She hasn't been dealing with a million other things. She's retired and Nana got him to do it in just a few days. And then he came home and he was having accidents. And if I had thought, why can you do this at Nana's and why can't you do it for me now? Well, because they're completely different environments. So I had to really look and be like, okay, what is it that Nana's doing for you to make this possible that 
is not available at home. And it took some digging. It took a while to figure out the why, <laughs> right? But it was there, but that's not his fault. Like figure out the why and the why now and then work on solving that problem. If your child is saying, I'm too scared, and that one seems to come up a lot, okay, well, why? <laughs> what specifically are you scared of? And don't get me wrong, as I said, this can take some digging because young kids aren't particularly known for being articulate. You know, have them point. Ask them where they feel scared in their body. That can usually give you a good clue. Like if my sons say that they're scared, I'll be like, okay, where do you feel scared? And often they'll point to their head. Okay, so he knows that he's thinking about something scary, right? He knows it's in his head. Usually in my experience, it's actually that they're scared of us. Like they think that we're going to be mad. Often they know, like they know they're too tired or they're too scared or they've forgotten how to do something. And they know that that annoys us as adults, so they're anticipating being reprimanded. If they're saying that they're too tired, well then, can this wait? Like, can we do this after they've had their nap? Or can I help you with that? This is where, and at the end of last week, I talked a little bit about the zone of proximal development. This is where it comes into play again. If you haven't consumed the episode on Vygotsky, that guy knew his stuff. The zone of proximal development is the difference between what a child can do totally independently and what they can do with just a little bit of help. So give them the minimum amount of help needed to get them through it if it really has to happen right now. Like if you're too tired to put on your shoes, well, can you do it if I put them in front of you? Can you do it if I hold the shoe still so that you can slide your foot in or if I hold the tongue out of the way? They're trying to prioritize their energy, so help them. So this is my challenge for you this week. I challenge you to believe your child radically and see how different their behavior is this week. I'm not telling you to do everything for them. I'm not telling you to baby them. I'm not telling you to not challenge them. I'm not telling you not to have expectations. I'm just challenging you to believe them. Believe them and see how that changes how you approach their behavior. See how that changes how you solve problems with them. See the difference believing them has on your relationship with them. See the difference it has on how you discipline them. You don't have to do anything else. Just for the next week, don't automatically assume that your child is lying to you, that they are trying to manipulate you. Now, <laughs> you're probably going to need some support in that because as simple as I make that sound, <laughs> and I know, easier said than done, it is not. It is very, very hard. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to come join us in the Parenting Posse Facebook group and let us support you in this. The link should be in the description. It's also linked on my Facebook page. And you can also get at it by going to prnt.link slash group. So what do you think? Can you do this? Do you have any problems that you anticipate having if you accept this challenge? It's tough. It's a big mindset shift. 
we are so used to the messaging that children are manipulative and that they are lazy and that they are dependent on us that it can be a really as i said it's really really hard to get out of that mindset and to decide to do something else and don't be too hard on yourself if you decide to do this if you decide like okay for the next week i am just going to believe my child and see where it gets me see if it makes a difference don't get mad at yourself if you have that knee-jerk reaction of you're lying to me of course you can do it you can always backtrack <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about kids is they do have a fairly short memory usually so it is okay if you're like oh come on you can do it and then you're like nope i promised myself i was going to believe them this week <laughs> okay you know what's difficult about that and usually you'll notice when you especially in that moment when you make that shift first they're not going to trust you a whole lot because they're used to not being believed but usually you'll see them de-escalate very quickly after a few seconds because they're like oh oh i don't have to be in fight mode i don't have to convince her that i'm telling her the truth she believes me this is kind of cool usually you can see it in their face it's really neat all right well that's it for me you've been listening to the mudroom uncommon sense parenting classes with alana robinson if you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.